So be very clear about facts versus fiction. This is a special edition of Sliver of Hope. It will be a three-part miniseries to serve and support our communities as we deal with the trauma associated with health and financial concerns. Sliver of Hope is a podcast hosted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn. While we sit six feet apart from each other and properly socially distanced, there are only two of us in the studio so that we can get this podcast produced. Dr. Michael Flynn, do you want to get started with what the actual intent of the series is meant to be? So the intent of this series is to not only get out information about how to deal with this in the here and now, but also to address things that will be happening in terms of life afterwards. My role, I am a clinician, so I'm very aware of what's going on with COVID-19. It's important to be clear about facts and fiction around this. I'm not going to address so much about COVID-19 because my research is all on trauma care with an expertise on post-traumatic growth and stress resilience. So I felt that it was a duty of mine to provide a service to our listeners, our community, to talk about how to engage yourself responsibly and successfully while you are at home and then what to do afterwards. MetaHab's tagline is survive, adapt, amaze. And as I was contemplating the best way to get this messaging out there, I thought this was perfect. We have three podcasts. The first one will cover the survival way, the survival issues. What's it like to be home? How do you address managing not only reducing risk for other people, but managing your time at home. The second one, adapt or adaptation. How did we adapt? How can we adjust to some of the things that are confining us in our movement around not only physically our movement, but also even mentally and spiritually our movement? And then finally, amaze. At the end of this, what have we learned how have we recognized our resilience? How have we passed that on to our children? So that's why I wanted to do this series of three. And I think important to address, since the series is called Sliver of Hope, the podcast series, the program behind the podcast series actually is Metahab. Right. And that's a six-step program to help you advance from PTSD through to post-traumatic growth. Right. So things, Metahab or Metahabilitation is a six-stage rehabilitation or clinical pathway guiding one toward ultimately not only surviving, but actually over time thriving and not as a consequence of the trauma, but as a direct result of what you've learned and how you could grow afterwards. So there are stages, and I'll allude to those as we pick up the three series. I will allude to those stages as we go through. And please feel free, if you want more information, certainly you can definitely go to my website, which is, I'll mention it again, but is Metahab, M-E-T-A-H-A-B, metahab.com. It's interesting that everything follows in either patterns of three or divisible by three (laughs) or whatever, because we'll do three series of the special edition, Mm -hmm. 
the MedHab program is six elements, stages. six stages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we could cover two in each, right. you know, ideally. As we go through. And I also think the awareness of the reality of what we're faced with is significant, and nothing here is meant to minimize what's going on out there. It's, it's actually meant to recognize, but to take a step back from all the negativity and start to look at some of the things that are the positives and move forward through it, because we've been here before in different situations in different circumstances, that's probably a good lead-in to say, okay, now what do we do to start thinking about the positives of it? When I look at thinking about the positive, we can develop and identify something in the here and now, but I look at that as an aftermath kind of thing. So what I'd like to achieve for this podcast and look at today are, again, three things. Focusing on What do we do in the here and now? What is the survival part of this? Secondly is what can you control? This is the most important part. Whenever I deal with people who have gone through traumatic experiences of any kind, the most important thing is to recognize what they can do, what they can control. And then the third thing is the beginning of the process of you know, in a weird way, this allowed me to do this. Or in a weird way, it did bring our family unit together. So I want to talk about that. What do we need to do now? One of the things that I'd like to do is address reducing your anxiety around this. This is a real thing. There is no question that it is around, and it's a COVID-19 virus causes illness. There are areas or their demographics that are very high risk. And those are very well known, especially elderly population and those people with any type of immune compromised conditions and uh, people with what we call comorbid conditions. So they have illnesses affecting more than one system, especially in this situation, the respiratory system. So the most important thing that you can do to reduce your anxiety, again, is what can you control? Well, you can control your information. So be very clear about facts versus fiction. What we do know is there are people who have symptoms, and the big symptoms are basically fever, cough, and shortness of breath. So if you have this or you see other people with some respiratory difficulties or shortness of breath, they have a persistent and ongoing chest pain or pressure, body aches, and just not feeling well, just like you would have the flu. That is something to consider and think about. Immediately contact your healthcare provider. They will then direct you to the best way to address this, whether that means coming into an urgent care or the ER or going by one of the places that can test you. So that's key and important. Also, recognizing trusty resources are important. So find one that is a trustworthy resource, again, the CDC or WHO. About 80% of those affected have very almost nondescript to mild symptoms. There are another 20% that probably do need to be urgently cared for, and those are the ones we, you know, we want to focus on also as we've talked about the demographics that are most problematic. One of the things that you want to do is follow the pattern. So what I tend to do is the Center for Disease Control, or the CDC, or WHO, World Health Organizations are very trustworthy sources to go to. 
So in order to reduce my own anxiety and my screen time, I check the CDC and the WHO first thing in the morning. I look at what are the numbers, how are things moving, and I kind of get my resources and my news through that. It also helps remind me to be responsible in the way that I'm living my own life and how I am around other people. So that's number one. Go reduce your anxiety by getting appropriate information to manage the condition, reduce the spread, especially toward those in vulnerable populations. The other thing that you can do in terms of what it is you can do and can control, and this goes into my second point, is to keep your host healthy, your host being you. You want to keep yourself as healthy as you can. Being overly anxious, overly worried about things does influence your immune system in a negative way. So you don't want to do that. And and stress is a huge, huge factor in this. Right. Not to mention if you're taking vitamins, take your vitamins and your minerals and get some exercise, get outside. Sun is good for you. We don't get vitamin D if we don't get outside. Actually, that's a really good, and this is one of the things that I did want to cover when we talk about what it is that you can do. One of the things that you can do, and it is important to keep a schedule and to get out of doors at least once a day. If you can get outside and get some sun, about 15 minutes of sun exposure will give you a pretty good dose of vitamin D. And we know vitamin D is a vitamin that does help support our own immune system as does vitamin C. So sometimes I recommend to people, if you can't get outside that much or you can't, bump up your doses of vitamin D and vitamin C. And I usually, you know, make sure if you're using those for children too that you you look at the appropriate dosing of that. But I, I like that idea. You want to be hydrated. Sometimes if you're in the house all the time, you go, you don't recognize that you do need to drink fluids. And so you need to be hydrated. The other thing, too, is, and I talked about this as I look at the CDC and Hue, is monitor your screen time in terms of the information you're getting about this. Pick a trusty news source. Pick a certain time of the day or the evening that you look at it. It's sort of the idea, too, when you're looking at this information. I tell people when they exercise, well, don't exercise too close before you go to bed because that gets you fired up fired up, and mm-hmm. it's hard to relax. And kind of the same idea about when you're looking at information about COVID-19, don't look at it too close before you want to go to bed. So the other thing, and I think this is very interesting, is a lot of times when you're watching the news – Because they have to, the people who are the experts in this are going to discuss worst-case scenarios. They have to go through that. They have to think, well, if the worst case happened, this is what it's going to look like. In most instances, worst-case scenarios don't happen. But we have to attach information to that and we have to plan for that. I would suggest even when I'm a clinician, I'm a nurse practitioner, and I start reading that, and I get myself very anxious and upset, and I stop reading it because I just think for a second, ooh, I just need to take a deep breath and relax. If looking at worst-case scenarios are bothering you, step back. Only focus on what it is you can do and can control for now. So that's very important. It's like just stop and breathe. 
Absolutely. Take a deep breath. Or meditate. (laughs) And and we see a lot of that right now. We have people talking about, I think it's the Calm, C-A-L-M app, Mm -hmm. helps them meditate, helps them relax, helps them escape from this environment of constant bombardment of Of negativity. Right, right. Right. The other thing, too, that I, I really did want to address is I've been thinking through this a lot. Since children are at home now, I just think it's really important to pay attention to what's going on with our children. The most important thing for parents and caregivers to do is to organize their thinking and their behavior in a balanced, productive manner because your children are watching you and they are always, children have this weird sense that kind of no matter what's happening in some way they've they they caused it they problematic it's problem it's problematic for them so i would really encourage this to be a time for parents and caregivers to take a really amazing leadership role and how you choose to address this issue in terms of managing your own anxiety and your stress around this, managing how you're behaving around this, because it is really a good modeling for your children. And one of the other things I would say is this is a reality. So if children have questions, this is how I would advise you. You ask your children, do you have any questions about this? Do you? I know you're hearing about it. Do you have any questions? And when they ask a question, don't put your brain into their brain. So only answer the question that they asked you and do it in a very succinct way. And then you say to them, did that answer your question? And most of them, they say yes and go, do you have any other questions? No, not right now. And you say, that's fine. But just always know you can come to me for a question, and if I don't know the answer, we'll look it up and make sure you get it because I want us to all know what's happening, know what we can do about this, and that helps reduce our own anxiety and stress around this. I think what you're asking or even suggesting there is what's so important is children do mimic and model the parents' behavior. Right. If they see their parents washing their hands on a regular basis, right. okay, make it fun. Have a game out of it. Sing a song with it. We know it's two times happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got a birthday in, right. in the household. Yeah. The the other part of that is the stress and anxiety of finances in the household. Right. And we know we know that's there. People are losing their jobs. For the children to not see it is is probably the advice there to, to hold that off someplace else. They're already stressed with the health care concerns. How do we minimize the other elements. And they've got grandparents possibly who parents are worried about. And that's a good point too. That that is a very good point too about grandma. And so you say we want to keep everybody as safe as we possibly can. And you do address because we have grandparents and they know that this can be problematic for them. So here's what we're going to do. So I, I really appreciate the point that you brought out physically what you can do in terms of hand washing, washing down surfaces, restricting your movement especially if you're around people that are at high risk. But I also think in addition to that, that is modeling that behavior to the children, but also modeling emotional and intellectual stability for them as well. And again, 
it just so this is actually a good time to bring forth really good communication skills with your mm-hmm. families. Maybe it's a good time. Maybe once a day you have a family meeting or every other day you have a family meeting. Just checking in with everybody. How's everybody doing physically? How's everybody doing with what they want to do? What are some plans that we want to accomplish or achieve for today? Well, you know, if the president's going to talk to us every day, we can certainly talk to our kids every day around the breakfast table or around the dinner table or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what we're talking about right now, this is the first episode in the Sliver of Hope special edition, Survive, Adapt, adapt, and Amaze. We talked about screen time, minimize screen time, minimize negativity, modeling for the children, awareness of your surroundings, your host, you, anything I'm missing there? No, I think just to capsulize it right now, what I think about this, and I'd like to share with you as you think about this, our bottom line, the things to do, and we've talked about modeling behavior intellectually as well as, you know, appropriate care, washing hands, etc. The other thing that is really important is to stay as connected as possible. As we have this isolation, we mm-hmm. also have a variety. We are people who live and survive in communities. And many times those communities are gone because we are living and have to live indoors. So churches are closing. People that I work with in addiction dependency, a lot of their 12-step meetings are closing, are not available to them. Just simply meeting people for coffee every day and chatting, some of those are not available to you. So in terms of how we can do that, Don't forget, you can Zoom, you can Skype, you can merge people on the phone, you can FaceTime. Don't not do that because that's a critical part in how we survive certain things. You share information. The other thing, too, is there. although this is overwhelming, there are other things happening as well. People are having children. Books are being read. Movies are available. Think about other things that are helpful and fun to talk about as well so it doesn't hold you down so much. And then as we go get ready for the next podcast, I want you to think about what you were, what are you going to do in your next step? Because this is going to end. Always, and we a sliver of hope, always going to be just like this. We're very resilient people. We will move past this. So start to think about what that's going to look like and build in systems to help you move to the next stages. So these are the two first stages of MetaHab, the acute stage, and then the stage, the turning point, or the decisions that you're making to move forward. And the next Two episodes, we'll talk about the adaptation and adjustment stage, and then finally, the moving through and productive, Mm -hmm. positive stage. I appreciate that. And there's a piece that we've seen from a couple of different people that doesn't get shared enough. Do you want to walk through that on some of the things that canceled, non-canceled, et cetera, et cetera? It's it's brilliant. It's just a great piece to put out there right now and share with everybody. It's a, you know, when uh, you shared this with me, and it's from another podcast that you are doing, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that because I think these two gentlemen in this podcast did a fantastic service, and they talked mostly about what is a financial outlook, but there's a lot of ideas that you can take from that 
financially what is happening and historically what has happened in the past to use in the moment now mm-hmm. with a healthcare crisis. But one of the things, again, that they talked about and shared and it is this notion of focusing what you can do and what you can control. So they talked about getting out of doors, not canceled. Music, not canceled. Family, not canceled. Reading, not canceled. Singing, not canceled. And laughing, not cancel. Finally, and this is what I think is the most important, is we were talking about sliver of hope, hope, not canceled. So hold on to hope and work toward your own solutions to what's happening in your family, in your life, financially and emotionally and physically, and then recognize we will move forward from this. And to that point, to take a little bit of the focus off of yourself sometimes, help a neighbor, help somebody on the street, help somebody you know that's really in greater need than you, it'll make you feel better. Well, I know since I do research this and I've been doing research on this for a couple of decades now, there is no question in my mind after interviewing hundreds and literally hundreds of people who have gone through a variety of different traumatic events, a couple of things, let me say, that I hear when I hear in their story, I hear these themes in their stories, I know they're going to do okay. And the first thing is this notion of hope. Clearly, they have some hope, even if it's this sliver of hope, uh, this thread of hope for the future. Number two, they recognize again what it is they can control. But number three, purpose. When they find some meaning in the suffering that they're going through and the meaning in the challenges they're going through, and they find a purpose and a way to be of service, that does take down a little of the burden mm-hmm. of what they're going through. So that's probably about where we want to end this, uh, this first episode of Survive in this Sliver of Hope special edition. Perfect. Thanks, Joyce. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a general discussion of the topic presented, which may or may not apply to the individual listener. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the interviewer or guest. It is not intended to provide and is not a suitable substitute for professional care by a doctor, therapist, mental health professional, or other qualified medical professional. Review the CDC site at cdc.gov for the most up-to-date information, including symptoms of COVID-19. If you have a direct exposure to someone with symptoms or who has tested positive, contact your doctor and seek medical attention immediately. This has been a special edition of Sliver of Hope. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us a positive review. Thanks for listening. Please be safe and stay healthy. 